Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Storytime with another nuclear revenge video. Our first story is, I started an affair with my ex-husband's colleague. My jerk ex-husband was very mean to me and I made sure to pay him back in his own coin. More than seven years ago, I married him and he made my life miserable for the two years we were married. I was a model, signed with a fantastic modeling agency and my career was taking off. I had not become popular enough to grace the cover of magazines, but I was getting noticed and was at least pictured on the pages of several magazines and modeling for top clothing brands. Aside from being a model, I worked as a fashion assistant at a big clothing brand and I wanted nothing more than to own a brand in the future. I never spoke about this dream of mine though because I was worried that people would try to talk me out of it. It was, after all, a saturated business. I was sure, however, that I could make it on my own as a designer. I had designed clothes since I was a child, and my grandmother used to make my dresses out of the designs that I drew as a child. My experience as an in-house designer for my grandma would not hold water in the outside world though, and I knew that. People, both the poor and the rich really, only took you seriously as a designer if you have had a long history of producing beautiful designs, if you were rich or famous, or if you had rich and famous friends. They also took an interest in your designs if their rich or famous friends wore your designs. In the case of the not-so-rich people, they only wanted to know if their favorite celebrity was wearing your designs, if not, you were just another kid from the block. I was becoming famous and getting invites to parties of more famous models and actors, and once I even scored an invitation to the birthday party of a known and successful movie producer. Still, I needed more fame, more money, and more connections to kickstart my brand. I had tried to sell one of my designs to a famous designer, but he had smiled politely and turned me down. His smile told me he did not even think that I knew what I was doing. Of course, that hurt me. But I had learned a very long time ago that many rich and famous people would hit on you until one of them took a chance on you. When that happens, everyone would want to be friends. I have always been beautiful. I knew it, and everyone did too. My teachers from high school pointed out that I would make a good model. I shied away from it for a while because I was shy, but I decided to take a chance on myself after high school. I literally could not afford to be broke, and I had learned after a long time of letting my shyness prevent me from doing anything that fortune favors the bold. I met my ex-husband backstage at a charity runway show. It was one of those things organized by the rich for the rich. They came and spent lots of money buying dresses, it made them feel good because not only were they buying a new dress, but half of the proceeds went to charity, so they always left feeling good about themselves. They had not just scored a new item for their wardrobes, but had also given something to the needy. He said hello to my makeup artist and asked about the show's host. She politely told him she did not know where the organizer was and praised his suit. He flashed her a grin and started to walk away, but then he walked back and extended his hand to me. Hello, I believe we have met. 
I had seen his frame, but not his face. I was getting my makeup done. When he was talking to the artist, I took his hand and shook it. It was a tired, weak handshake. I had been tired from dancing all night the night before. My friend from high school, who was in college at the time, came over to my house and convinced me to go to a dance club with her. I don't think we have, I replied as I shook him. He mentioned that he had met me at the party of the movie producer I had attended. I smiled faintly and apologized for not recognizing him. I had not recognized him because I did not remember meeting him, ever. I hardly remember meeting anyone at that event. I had been in complete awe of the house the party was held in, the yard and the lights. The huge chandelier in the living room had left me in complete awe, and all I could imagine was making that much money, from my proceeds as a fashion designer of course. I remember getting introduced to some men, but I was not paying attention at all, which was very unlike me. When I was walking on the runway, I saw him again, winking at me from the audience. It was not unusual to have men wink at me when I walked. They would wink at me as though we had an intimate relationship, and they were trying to pass a message known only to the two of us. But that man's wink was different, mostly because he was handsome. He looked like most of the rich men present, but he looked younger and more handsome than most of them. Unless they were actors, models, and sportsmen, rich men were hardly ever beautiful. Although if one were to look at it properly, actors and models were not always rich anyway. They were good looking and had fame, but they had just enough money to get by. An actor has to be A-list to have a lot of money. Many of the cute ones who did not have as much talent were gigolos. The businessmen, the ones with pot bellies and balding heads who wore thick eyeglasses and double chins, were the ones who made money and had the kind of money I was looking for. This one was different though. I could tell that he had money but he was also handsome in a way that most rich men weren't, and I wanted him. When I walked back, I winked at him, in a very subtle manner. Subtle enough to not get caught and risk being perceived as an unprofessional model, but bold enough to let him see and know that I was flirting back. After we had walked and were backstage, I asked my makeup artist if she knew who he was. She knew who everyone was anyway. He was apparently a movie producer. He'd been in the game for a long time and his last marriage had ended five years before. Naturally, he was backstage soon enough and handed me his card. I took it and hurriedly saved it in my purse. If luck were to be on my side, I would have my investor sooner than was expected. We went on a few dates, and I expected that, like many other men before him, he just wanted a young, beautiful woman on his arm, but he wanted more. On our third date, he told me he wanted to marry me. I was surprised and did not see that coming, at all. I promised him that I would consider it. Aside from the huge age gap between us, he was 21 years older than me and I hardly knew him. That was my excuse the next time we met. Okay, what do you want to know? He asked, looking at me intently. I did not know what to ask and I felt stupid. He then drove me in his luxury car to his apartment. His car was just enough to convince any woman to marry him. Everything from the leather seats to the cool electronic features screamed wealth. His apartment was even more luxurious. It looked like a palace. Why do you want to marry me? I asked him while he fetched me a glass of wine. I'm in love with you, he replied, and I laughed, knowing, of course, that it was not true. He watched me for a while and then said, Well, I want to be. I miss being married, coming home to my woman. I agreed to marry him two months later. It made sense to do so. He had money, respected me, or so it seemed, and was very interested in starting a family. Most importantly, he promised to invest in my business as a designer. We had a small wedding in an old church, 
and I wore the wedding dress of my dreams. I was ready for a beautiful future but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. After a year of being married, I realized why my ex-husband married me. He needed to distract others from his life and needed a trophy wife. First, he was dating a politician's widow, with whom he had been rumored to have been having an affair when her husband was still alive. They could not be together publicly to prevent people from believing that the accusations were true. Secondly, he did not want any children, and I believe he felt marrying a model who cared very much about her body would make the world believe it was my choice to not have any children. I wanted children. I looked forward to it even, but he never wanted any. I soon became bored just being a pretty wife and attending events with him. I'd stopped modeling too because his events would always clash with my gigs. I reminded him of his promise to me. The only way to get over the fact that he had a mistress, one that he was madly in love with and my constant boredom was to get started with my career as a designer. Darling, he cooed when I asked him. Many people venture into designing and most of them lose a lot of money and hardly ever make any sales. That won't be my story, I assured him. I don't think so. Find something else. But that is what I want, I cried. Listen, if you still factor in what you want when thinking of starting a business, then you probably should not be starting a business. Business is not about what you want, not at all. In the months that came after, I would talk to him about my design and he would snub me or dismiss my ideas. I was frustrated and unhappy in my marriage. My friend would visit me and tell me how jealous she was of me, and I would smile, knowing that at that point, I wanted her life more than anything. When I was single, I at least modeled often and enjoyed doing what I loved. I finally told my friend about what was happening and she got mad. That is a fraud. You could sue him. Maybe you should. I rolled my eyes. There was no way I was winning a case against my millionaire ex-husband. She encouraged me to confront him again and I did. I simply cannot allow you to waste so much money. Allow? You promised me. He ignored me and walked out of our bedroom. I decided to get back at him. I was not going to divorce him because that would mean I get nothing since I had not been married to him for more than three years. I reverted to my old self and started to flirt with the guests we had in our home. As usual, I targeted the rich older gentleman. I would randomly mention to the friends and business associates we were eating dinner with that I planned to one day own a fashion brand. I could tell that many of the men were impressed. I was more than just my good looks. My ex-husband was so egotistical that he enjoyed it when I talked about those big plans. He liked the admiration on the faces of everyone, but he never wanted to support me. My dreams were an inconvenience to him. I soon came up with a plan to seduce one of his colleagues in the business, another movie producer. I chose him because he was a bit younger than my ex and also because he was single. I started by asking him if I could act in one of his movies. He smiled and asked if I was an actress too. I told him I did not but was only trying to get his attention. Soon enough we became friends and I started going out to have lunch with him. We would talk about business, romance and the movie industry and we did a little bit of gossip. I knew people would wonder why we had suddenly become so close but I did not care. One day in his car he leaned toward me to pick something from my side of the car and I grabbed him and kissed him. We started an affair and even though it was private I knew that these things got out in one way or the other. Soon enough, people started talking and my ex got concerned. I knew he would be hurt because he would hate for other people to think of him as a fool. I no longer want you hanging out with that man, he said one day. I can't stop, I like him. He looked at me for a while in what looked like shock and fear and then he walked away. 
I soon moved out of my ex's home and my relationship with the movie producer became more public, though we were careful enough to leave a public display of affection out of the mix and would even deny having an affair, it was clear to anyone who could see that something was going on. My ex begged me to come back and even dropped more juicy offers, but I was not foolish. I had been fooled once and was not about to be fooled again. With the help of my boyfriend, who is now an ex anyway, I launched my clothing line. My ex refused to grant me a divorce for a while, but he soon got tired of playing games, and we got divorced. Humiliating my ex by having an affair with his colleague was the most satisfying thing I ever did. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Our next story is, My aunt learns about family values. If you're a parent, you'll understand the feeling of protectiveness over your children. It's just something you can't compare to anything else. Nothing, absolutely nothing feels quite like it. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but the average parent would go to unbelievable extents for their child. Like that woman who pulled her car to prevent it from falling off a cliff to save her child. So when one of my aunts tried to mess with my child, it was obvious, at least it was to everyone else but her, that she was going to end well for her. Before I get ahead of myself though, you need to understand just how much my dear Aunt Julia messed up and why she had to be dealt with. Aunt Julia and I were never exactly what you'd call friends. If she wasn't my mom's sister, there was no way I would ever be in her company willingly. I'm serious about this. You could actually try to bribe me to spend time with her and I'd still say no. That's how bad my relationship with her was. Honestly, I don't even know why she didn't like me or I didn't like her. Wait, scratch that. I remember when I started not to like her. It was as a result of her nastiness, no surprise. But for the life of me, I couldn't get why she just absolutely hated me. My mother has always, and still continues to, give excuses for her sister. I bet she was lucky to see the good side of Aunt Julia. Me? I wasn't so lucky. My very first memory of her was unpleasant and she has done absolutely nothing in the 38 years of my life to make me reconsider my opinion of her. When I was five years old, my parents thought it would be a good idea for me to spend time with Aunt Julia. They wanted to have a second honeymoon in Hawaii. Why? Well, my dad had claimed that he had always wanted to take my mom to Hawaii for their honeymoon. However, when they had gotten married, he wasn't able to afford it at the time, so when they were finally able to afford the trip, they decided to make it. My mom had suggested they bring me along, but my dad had suggested I stay at her sister's instead. It was only going to be a week, and they trusted Aunt Julia to take care of me. What happened next was so traumatizing, it defined how I would see Aunt Julia for the rest of my life. 
At first, everything seemed okay. My parents dropped me off, and my mom kept giving instructions on what I could eat, what I was to do during the day, stuff like that. Aunt Julia kept telling her she knew how to take care of children and everything was going to be fine. When my parents were satisfied that everything was okay, they left O for their trip. Immediate they were gone, caring Aunt Julia was gone and was replaced by a monster. If neglect was a person, that was Aunt Julia. She apparently had a date with some unlucky guy that very afternoon, so instead of feeding me or playing with me, she literally locked me up in my room with a jar of peanut butter and a spoon, and she went out. Yep, you heard that right. My aunt left a five-year-old child locked up in a room with no supervision and at the risk of just about anything happening to her. I banged on the door and screamed to be let out, but there was no one there. After a lot of crying and what was perhaps my first ever panic attack, I slept off. Aunt Julia came back home that evening absolutely hammered. I guess her date had not gone well. It would be important to note that I had never actually been in the company of a drink person, and her mannerisms and smell made me so scared I started crying again. When she got frustrated that I refused to stop crying, she hit me and then took me upstairs and locked me up again. You would think that that day would be the worst of it, and if you thought so, you'd be wrong. I had six more days with Aunt Julia and every single day was absolute hell. From being left to starve, she never really cooked anything the entire time I was there, to punishments for absolutely nothing, and never letting me have any fun at all. My entire experience there was hell. What made things worse was that she told me that I was going to stay with her indefinitely as she was going to talk to my parents about it. The entire experience with her was so bad that I have repressed memories of all the things that happen that sometimes pop out randomly. When my parents got back to pick me up, I was so glad. I immediately ran to them crying, reporting all the things Aunt Julia had done to me. Aunt Julia said that I had a wildly imaginative mind. My mom took her lies hook, line and sinker. My dad though, he thankfully believed me. He got really upset and got aggressive. Then he told me to go into the car while he continued to shout at my aunt. As I left, I heard him say something about my aunt lawyering up. Fifteen minutes later, my parents got into the car. My dad was still visibly upset, but so was my mom. Apparently, she was mad at him. The entire ride home, she kept talking about how he had not conducted himself well and how he had been too aggressive with her sister. When my dad asked her if she thought I was lying, though, she looked back at me and wisely kept quiet. Still, it was obvious that she was still very mad at him. For days after I got back, there was tension at home. Eventually, thought it all got settled. My dad did something I'd forever be grateful for. He decided that except under fire circumstances, I was never to be left alone in Aunt Julia's company again. My mom really wasn't happy with the decision, but she went along with it. After that, we never really saw Aunt Julia at outhouse again. We did see her at family get-togethers, and sometimes my mom would take me alone when going to visit her. Whenever I say her though, I always made sure to hide and not be in her presence for too long. As people tend to do, I grew up, I went to college, graduated, got a job, met the love of my life, and I got engaged. One of the things I had to worry about, apart from the tons of things I had to deal with and prepare for as the bride was dealing with and managing my Aunt Julia, at first I had decided not to even invite to the wedding at all, but that seemed to upset my mom a lot and so I had to invite her to the wedding, but I still wasn't happy. I knew, I just knew she was going to try and start something and I really didn't want to deal with her. So I vaguely signed my mother as her chaperone of sorts to make sure she didn't mess things up. 
My mom laughed and said I was just exaggerating and there was no cause for concern and why was I being so paranoid? I insisted on it though and she agreed. However, on the day of the wedding, my mom neglected this duty. At the church, she was too busy talking to friends she family that she must have forgotten our arrangement. As I was walked down the aisle by my father, the moment I saw my mom and couldn't see my aunt, I just knew something wasn't right. I quickly scanned the church for her, but I still couldn't find her. Perhaps she had decided not to show up. If that was the case, then boy was I lucky. Still, I was a bit worried. When the officiating priest asked if there was anyone opposed to the marriage, I somehow already knew that that was when she was going to speak up, but I still was absolutely shocked that she did. As I heard her shrill voice shout how I didn't deserve my husband from the back of the church, all I wanted to do was run down the aisle to her, tackle her, and pummel her face till her face got restructured. Instead, what I did was look right at my mother with as much anger as I could muster, look back at the priest, and pass out. When I came to, my parents were standing over me, looking worried while my husband to be attended to me. Apparently, my aunt had claimed that she was just joking, and she has been promptly escorted out of the church. As usual, my mother was trying to find a way to excuse her behavior and all. I looked her right in the eye and told her that there was absolutely no way I was ever letting that woman into my life, and the fact that my mom kept defending her was just sickening. It was at this point that my mom fell silent. The priest asked if we would like to continue with the ceremony and I said yes. In another 30 minutes I was giving my vows to the love of my life. It didn't matter that my wedding has almost been ruined. It didn't matter that I was still upset with my mom. It didn't matter that my makeup had been messed up and I looked as little weird. All that matter was my husband. I was very serious about not ever being in the company of my aunt again. Every family event I knew she was going to, I avoided. And when I had my beautiful daughter Candace, she wasn't there for the christening. My mom pleaded and begged to give her a second chance, but I really wasn't interested at all. My daughter was never going to be with someone who was so evil. I remembered how I felt all those years ago when I had to spend a week with her. There was no way I was ever going to let my daughter experience that. There was one instance where she showed up to my home for Thanksgiving once and my husband politely told her to leave. Me? I was already on the phone calling 911. She tried sending messages, but I ignored them all. She even convinced my dad to talk to me, and tempted as I was to give her a chance because of my dad, I still refused contact with her. And so days, months, and years passed. Candace grew before our very eyes and soon she was in middle school. She was a very brilliant student and my husband and I were so proud of her. She also was a talented artist, and her hyper-realism paintings were absolutely phenomenal, so we supported her a lot. My husband calls her his little Picasso. It was always awesome to see her face light up when she finished with a piece, which sometimes took months, and we were all really excited. In fact, we had contacted an art gallery about displaying some of her work, and we were already discussing art school, if that was what she wanted. Me, personally? I was of the opinion that college was a better option, but my husband and I agreed to support her no matter what decision she made. Then the rumors started spreading. Someone, it seemed, was spreading misinformation about my daughter online. There was all sorts from rumors that she was paying someone else to paint for her and passing it off as her one, to lies about her being an arsonist. We took it very seriously and immediately tried to find out who. The last thing I wanted was for my daughter to get cyber-bullied or something. 
Eventually, I found out the source of the posts, and it was my aunt who it seemed was so jealous that she couldn't hurt my daughter the way she did to me that she decided she'd try online. My husband thought it would be best to sue her for defamation and cyberbullying, but I had a better idea. If she wanted to mess with me and my family, then she was going to get what was coming. The first thing I did was hire a private investigator. I needed dirt on Aunt Julia. Serious dirt. So my PI tailed her for weeks and reported back to me. Apart from being the kind of jerk who doesn't return her shopping cart, it turns out that my dear aunt was also a big fan of good old cocaine. I guess she needed little something extra to help power her evil. Now I'm no lawyer bit, I'm pretty sure that the white powder my aunt seems so fond of is illegal in the US, and just about everywhere else too. So I let my husband start with the lawsuit against my aunt concerning my daughter first. I knew that at the most we'd probably get a little money as damages for the things she had posted, maybe also a restraining order against her. So, while the suit was till on, I decided to drop the evidence I had collected through the PI to my friend who was a police officer. He moved swiftly and she was soon arrested for possession and use of cocaine. Now she was facing jail time. I guess her lawyer knew there was no way she was going to get out of both the criminal charges and the civil ones, so he made her accept a plea from the prosecutor. A reduced sentence in return for giving info that would lead to the arrest of her supplier. Now as much as I would have wanted her to spend as long as possible in prison, I still regarded it as a win, and it also helped that we also got the restraining order and damages from the civil case. Now she was the one Price talked about at family dinners, and none of them knows till this day that I was the one responsible for putting her away. My mom continues to visit and support her sister in prison, which is fair enough honestly. I just hope Aunt Julia gets the message and never bothers me and my family ever again when she finally gets out of prison. And with that, that's all we have for today. If you can't get enough nuclear revenge videos, hit the video on the left. If you want to watch my most recent video, click the video to my right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.